Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Sometimes the most obvious things in life are the easiest to overlook. Well, this is often also the case with the Bible. Have you ever noticed that it begins in Genesis with man's food and water, and that it ends in the same way in Revelation? Revelation 22, the last chapter of the Bible, shows us a river of water of life. And on this side and on that side of the river was the tree of life. If we miss the matter of eating and drinking in the Bible, we have missed not some minor point, but a major portion of what God desires to reveal to man. Don't miss our program today, Drinking the Water of Life. Bob Danker is here to help us get into this crucial matter. Bob couldn't be happier to have you together so we can enjoy this. I agree, Chris. I'm very happy to be here. We've uh, already mentioned, Bob, the Bible ends as it begins with the tree of life, the river of water of life. And if nothing else, this should at least impress us that this must be a crucial matter to God if he begins and ends the divine revelation with these uh, same matters. This is, uh, uh, points us to something pretty significant, doesn't it? It really does, Chris. I hope that through this broadcast, through our fellowship here, that we could be impressed with these matters. Certainly, God's opening the Bible and then closing the Bible with the matters of eating and drinking. And as we'll see, mentioning this matter in many places through the Bible points out to us that it is indeed a crucial matter. Well, I think we'll have ample opportunity to fellowship today as we go through these, uh, these portions we have prepared. Why don't we uh, jump into the first one now? Here's Witness Lee. In the Bible... Concerning how God is to man, the basic thought is that man has to eat God and has to drink of God. Right at the beginning, concerning God's relationship with man, the Bible presents us these two things, eating and drinking. Then, when we come to the end of the Bible, in the last two chapters, these same two things are strongly emphasized, drinking and eating. In Revelation 22, it says, a river is flowing of the water of life. And the tree of life grows in this river. Then, in the same chapter, based upon these two things, the tree of life and uh, the water of life, there is a promise. And also, there is a call. In Revelation 22, verse 14, is a promise that whosoever washes his robe 
may come to the tree of life. This is a promise of eating. Then verse 17 says, Whosoever is thirsty, come and drink the water of life. And this is a calling. A promise here concerning eating and a calling here concerning drinking. When the Bible comes to the New Testament, these two things are strongly touched. In John, he even says, He that eats me, even he shall live by me. In the following chapter, he stood up at the end of the Feast of Tabernacle and cried to the crowd that whoever is thirst, come unto me and drink. You just can see in such a gospel, the gospel on Christ's deity stresses the eating of this one and the drinking of this one. Not only you have chapter 6 and 7, you have chapter 4 covers the matter of drinking of the living water. There was a case. A thirsty woman came to dwell to get water. Then the Lord revealed the truth showing her that actually the real living water is in him. He told her, if you know what is God's gift, you would surely ask me, and I would have given you the living water. This is a strong word. Oh, today we shouldn't consider that eating, drinking in the Bible are so common. They are not common. They are crucial. Bob, you know, there are countless things in the Bible that are uh, worthy of our exploration. You know, you've got great history, you've got marvelous teachings, you've got rich and high moral truths. But I feel like we've just been in the presence of a, of a masterful attorney who has built this ironclad case from example after example that the matter of eating and drinking, water of life, the tree of life, the bread of life, these really are central in the divine revelation, aren't they? Yes, Chris, that is right. Uh, Witness Lee here mentioned uh, one, a couple of things that I would like to uh, emphasize. One is we need to know how God wants to be to us. That means mm. what he wants to be to us. Does he want to be merely a creator, a benevolent creator, an instructor on how we should live, and a helper you know, helping us along the way. Is that what God wants to be to man? Well, if you read the Bible, you'll see that God wants to be much more than these things to us. He wants to be food and drink to man. Yeah. And this touches the matter of what kind of relationship God wants to have to man. Does God want to be uh, a faraway person in the heavens that we bow down to and we worship and we ask him to help us in our troubles and tribulations and so forth and struggles mm -hmm. in life, right. 
Or does he want to be more? Does he want to have a different kind of relationship with us? Well, the Bible reveals that he wants to enter into us, and he wants to become the very element and the constitution of our very being. He wants to blend himself with us. And the Bible uh, speaks of the matter of eating and drinking, because this is the way that we can receive something that is outside of us, we can receive it into us and have it become a part of us. Obviously, physical eating and drinking is a marvelous illustration and picture uh, here. Whatever we receive as food and drink eventually becomes the constitution of our physical bodies. So this shows that God wants us to eat him and drink him so that he can be the constituent of our very inner being, our spiritual being. That's a very good point, Bob. I was um, impressed freshly just listening now. Uh, He mentioned these two verses in Revelation 22. And here, uh, of course, we have the reference to the, the river flowing out of the throne of God and of the Lamb at the very end, which is, you know, looking into the new Jerusalem and then the tree of life in the midst. But just before that, verse 14 says, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter into the gates of the city. Then a couple of verses later, you have the spirit and the bride together compelling the people to come and what? to drink. So we have the promise of the tree of life to eat, and we have this call for God's people to come to the river to drink. At the very end of the Bible, surely this must be too crucial in God's thought that he would uh, make such dynamic statements related to these things, the food and the water, right at the end of, of the divine revelation. I agree, Chris. You know, at the end, you would think maybe God would give some kind of warning to man. Now you need to behave yourself. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and, you that's know, our version. And keep my word <laughs> yeah. and keep my commandments. But actually, the Bible doesn't end that way. It comes with a prom. It ends with a promise that we could wash our robes in the blood of Jesus and have the right to eat the tree of life, and we could come and, if we are thirsty, drink the water of life. This, is a, this again shows how crucial these matters are in God's word and his revelation. Uh, let's go back and see. I think a common thought may be present that, well, yeah, the tree of life, the water of life, those are nice metaphors for, for Christ, for Jesus. Let's see if the metaphor thought holds up. Here's Witness Lee again. Christ is a man, but no one knows how to eat. From 1958, I got to know how to eat, so I gave him a message strongly on eating Jesus. Right away that night, after the message, a brother who was a professor, he came to me. He said, Brother Lee, the message is good. But he said, now, Brother Lee, you say we eat Jesus. It's a little too rude. Well, I said, Brother, I'm not the first one. So rude. You read John six fifty seven. The Lord Jesus was the first one. Of course, he was not a professor. <laughs> so I said, the Lord Jesus said, he that eats me, even he shall live by me. Then he had no word to say because I'm just a follower. This matter has been taught for centuries. Drinking, eating, yet nobody knew how to drink. And nobody knew how to eat. Go to the Christian bookstores. I don't think you can find a book 
telling you how to eat Jesus and how to drink. But these two things are crucial. The Lord Jesus in John 6 tells us clearly he came from the heavens. He is the food from the heavens. This is a speaking effect. He is our food. And he is our drink. Then in John chapter 7, he said, Whoever thirsts, come to me and drink. Out from his inner being, flow the rivers of water. These are parables of this effect. Years, years ago, I consider these as parables. They're saying, don't think we are talking eating and drinking in a common sense. No. These are common matters in our daily life. But in the Bible, these are not common things. These are particular points. Too, too particular. These are crucial. These are the particular ways for God to work himself into us. And these are particular ways for us to take him in. No other way. You can never take anything into your being. And to make that thing one with you in element, in essence. How could you make a chicken one with you? How can you make wheat, corn, potato, tomato, all these things one with you? No other way. Just by eating plus drinking. By eating and drinking, we make things just one organically with us. We have to eat God. We have to drink of God. Bob, once again, this uh, gifted attorney uh, has made the case. We can no longer, I would say, safely view these things, eating and drinking, just in this metaphoric sense or as parables. It is too clear. He presents himself, I am the bread of life. Come and drink and eat of me, doesn't he? Yes, these are not parables or mere metaphors. They are really as Witness Lee pointed out, divine facts. We can and we must eat the Lord, and we can and we must drink the Lord as the living water. This is clear from the divine revelation. Witness Lee points out here that there is no other way but eating and drinking to take something into us and make it organically one with us. Right. And this is what God desires to work out in our Christian life. He wants to be one with us. He wants to be organically a part of our very being. For this, eating and drinking are very, very crucial. And he gives the story of how he began to speak about this matter in 1958. Wow. And someone had a little reaction. They said, well, it's kind of rude for you to talk about eating Jesus. You know, this reminds me of the response of the disciples of the Lord, when they heard him in John chapter 6 yeah. talk about eating him, some of them said, this word is hard. Who can hear it? This is verse 60 in John chapter 6. Right. And later on, a few verses later, it says, many of his disciples from that day no longer followed him. So they stopped following the Lord when he talked about eating him as the bread of life. This was a hard thing for them to receive. 
And then the Lord turned to his disciples and said, what will you do? What will your response be? And Peter gave a marvelous word. He said, Lord, to whom shall we turn? Wow. You have words of eternal life. The Lord's disciples, including Peter, they had an ear to hear the Lord's word. And I feel that we need to ask the Lord, Lord, give me an ear to hear this kind of speaking about eating and drinking. Bob, if it really is God's word to man, it's logical. There are going to be times when we are challenged out of our comfort zone, as the disciples were here in John 6, you so rightly pointed out. Uh, Many of these things, the first time we hear them, we react like the disciples. Oh, this can't possibly be. And it's all right to have that reaction as long as we get to where eventually Peter got. Lord, I can't take it, but... I can't turn anywhere else because you alone have the words of life. And Peter could be this or he could be that. But in this case, he had the insight and the wisdom by God's mercy to connect the fact that his eating of Jesus must have something to do with the words coming out of his mouth. Exactly. This is, of course, a very crucial matter that, of course, the way to eat the Lord, as a number of verses in the New Testament point out, is through the Lord's words. Well, uh, Witness Lee spoke in that portion that there aren't many how-to books on this matter of how to eat and how to drink Christ. And we won't have the time to get into those things today, but I would take this opportunity to invite our listeners to join us for the next program, and we will start to develop that much more. But we have another very crucial section ahead. Let's go back to Witness Lee. At the beginning of the Bible, the mentioning is firstly on the tree of life, then fallingly on the river. But at the end of the Bible, mentioning is firstly on the water of life. Then in the water of life grows the tree of life. This clearly indicates that the water brings in the tree. The Bible is profound, yet it is practical. In its practicality, the Bible closes with what? With the point of drinking. Drinking is the point that closes the whole divine book. I like Psalms 36.8, which says, You have satisfied us with the fatness of your house. And you have made us drink of the river of your pleasures. One river of many joys. The Bible without Paul's writings is just not complete. Paul's ministry is to complete the word of God. His ministry is the completion of the divine revelation. Then, how about John? We all know John's ministry is a mending ministry. After the revelation was completed by Paul, but somebody broke it. It was broken. Then John came to mend the breakage. His ministry was mending. So you have to see, the Bible is closed by Paul's completing ministry and by John's mending ministry. This is why John's book became the last one. One is the completing ministry, the other is the mending ministry. 
Paul completed God's revelation. But it was broken. So John came out to mend it. It's very strange. It is in these two ministries, these two things, eating and drinking, are very strongly stressed. Let's talk first concerning Paul's ministry. First Corinthians. Paul said, I fed you. Paul feeds the Christians with food. Then, in chapter 12, Paul says, we all have been made to drink. In one book, Paul covers these two things, eating and drinking. They all ate the spiritual food. They all drank the spiritual water. Eating and drinking are here. Paul's ministry is a feeding ministry. It's a quenching ministry. He ministers food and water. Then how about John? In John's Gospel, was written after Paul's writings. It is in the Gospel of John that the matter of eating is strongly covered. Amen. Then in his revelation, firstly, in chapter 2, eating of manna. Eating of manna. Then, at the end of his revelation, you have both the eating and the drinking. Now you can see these two ministries. One is the completing one. The other is the mending one. These two all are stressing these two things, eating and drinking. Now, how could we be a proper Christian without eating and drinking? How could we be? We must learn how to drink. Bob, the New Testament has these two primary ministries. Of course, there were others that contributed, but mainly Paul and the Apostle John. And Paul speaks in Colossians that it was given to him to complete the Word of God. And John has this mending aspect to his ministry, both his Gospels and the Epistles, and also in Revelation. Both of these two key writers of the New Testament also stressed the eating and the drinking, didn't they? That's right. In Paul's completing word, he stressed eating and drinking because the focus of Paul's ministry was to show us the mystery of how God can come into us in Christ as the Spirit and mingle himself with us to become our inward life so that we can live him. The proper Christian life is not a life of merely imitating the Lord Jesus. Mm. Actually, according to Galatians 2, verse 20, the proper Christian life is we no longer living, but Christ living in us. In us, right. For us to live in this kind of way, we must learn how to eat the Lord and drink the Lord. So Paul stresses this matter. And then, of course, we know that between Paul's writings and John's, there was a gap of time. Mm -hmm. considerable gap of time, maybe a quarter century. But John came back to this matter, stressing it again in his gospel and in his revelation. And John's ministry was the mending ministry, to bring the believers back to where Paul's ministry already had brought them, but they had been distracted from that position. So John wanted to bring them back. So he stressed again the matter of eating and drinking. You know, for eternity, we will drink the water of life, and we will eat the tree of life. This is something eternal. It's not something just for the present age. It's an eternal matter. 
Today, we need to be impressed with this, and we need to learn how to eat the Lord and drink of Him. I think, Bob, this point is worth underscoring. I appreciated how you presented these two ministries. Paul completes the divine revelation in that Not that there wouldn't be words written afterwards, but all of the key aspects, all the key points were developed in Paul's writing. Then there's a gap that you described. And during this gap, historically, we know the church deteriorated. Many, perhaps most, even deviated from, you know, the central thought of God's revelation. So John comes back a quarter century later to heal and to mend what had been ripped and torn. And his method is like any good physician or any good mother with a sick child. What do you do? You nourish them. They have to be first nourished in order to be restored, don't they? That's right. The number one need of all of us as the Lord's children is to be properly fed and to be properly supplied with the thirst-quenching water of life. Amen and amen. Marvelous Fellowship today, a landmark message, and I again encourage our listeners that part two of this message will be in our next broadcast, so please don't miss it. Thanks for joining us, Bob, and thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Did you know that you can now enjoy the writings of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee on your PC or Mac, tablet, e-reader, or smartphone? Just go to lsm.org slash ePublications to find out more. Again, that's lsm.org slash ePublications. And thanks for listening today.